Greetings, I'm Dave Gilmore, and this is Design Intelligence. Natalie Campos Goodman is the founder of Incentifind, a real estate technology startup that is radically increasing green construction by connecting residential and commercial properties to incentives when they incorporate green practices. She's joined me recently in La Jolla, California, to talk about how the idea for Incentifind was born and how she's working to get $70 billion into the hands of property owners, developers, and tenants. Welcome to this edition of This is Design Intelligence, conversations with leadership voices in the built environment. Natalie, it's great to have you on This is Design Intelligence. Yes, thank you for having me. So you're a Texan yeah. <laughs> and uh, you're an architect, or as you refer to yourself as a former architect, you went to Texas A&M and um, you went on a journey through your career, which took a sharp left turn into the work you're doing today. Tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah. So went to Texas A&M. I'm an Aggie in an all Longhorn family. So, I mean, from day one, yeah, I kind of always paved my own path. I've always been one to kind of follow my own arrow, right? My career quickly, it, it had to take a, a, a sharp turn right out the gate because I graduated during, uh, you know, 2006, 2007, huge economic downturn, had to think quick on my feet. Not a lot of people were hiring. So I um, went and worked at NASA Johnson Space Center. I helped green um, that particular campus, uh, there was a federal mandate that said all federal facilities had to be LEED certified. So fantastic. I was very lucky to get a job. And then after that, I went to a Methodist hospital system, did one-of-a-kind laboratories, and it set a pattern for me to say yes to really complex projects. That was sort of how I was able to keep work and keep ahead um, again, having graduated at such a difficult time in, in the market. But I think that also set a tone personally for me that in saying yes to difficult things, I could begin to gain, I think, more confidence than if I had gone a more traditional route in really trying to push the threshold of what I could do professionally and in my career. And I think that's what gave me a lot of confidence to start this prop tech company and incentivizing, honestly. So right. um, I guess born out of a, a difficult time in the market, it's, it just shoved me down a path of being comfortable with failing forward. So incentivizing, which we'll get into more of that in our conversation, I'm guessing that you had to take some time to do some thorough research. I would think that this idea was probably born out of research. Absolutely. Um, I spent quite a bit of time uh, living and working in many countries. I was very fortunate to have done that. I, I got to see how other countries really progressed in their greening of real estate. When I came back to the United States, this was around 2015, 2016, not, not that I was disappointed in <laughs> uh, the U.S.'s lack of green real estate, but I knew we could do better. And so, yes, I began researching, how do I, as an architect, have a conversation about sustainability with my owners? What, what ways can I approach this than just the same old, same old? And that set me down this path towards incentives. And I tried it out on a few consulting gigs. And I noticed right away 
there was a different conversation. Um, when I started with incentives, it elicited, uh, I think, a better ear from my um, customers, my building right. owners. And so I began to think, okay, well, how do I find more incentives? And as I began this search, it was like going down a rabbit hole. There was no great website to mm-hmm. find these incentives. There was no great consultancy uh, that I could rely on for finding the information about the incentives. It would take weeks, if not months, to coalesce incentives for just one client conversation. And so, yes, Incentifying was born out of quite a bit of research. Yeah. Our our model that we operate in the built environment, particularly from, shall I say, in the design side of the environment, is purely a fee-for-service. We do something and we get paid a fee. And um, there's many places that that is broken in our new digital economy that's happening. And I think that the other side is, is that owners, investors into buildings are looking for partners who actually care about them and care about their agenda versus our agenda of selling you a professional service to draw a plan for something, right? In other words, we're missing the empathy of getting into the eyes of our clients and looking back through their eyes at the myriad challenges they have to to spin up a building, right? And it's interesting, I, I say this regularly, that from a client side, the building is but one artifact on the landscape of challenges they have. You know, there's many other things. So I say all that because incentifying really is exciting because you are saying to a a client, as an architect, engineer, constructor, you're saying, I have a gift for you. I'm bringing you a gift because I know that one of the challenges for you to accept a greener solution is it's not penciling out. It's not financially seeming to be feasible for you. What if I could bring you some money that would help you get over that bump, right? And who does that, right? Who does that? And I think that's the wonderful part of Incentivind is that it brokers an opportunity for your clients to be heroes to their clients. I think incentives in many cases can help spark a conversation of a project being uh, feasible where it might not have penciled before, but it also incentives spark another conversation, which is, I feel like a lot of real estate is uh, your typical deal size, right? And your typical um, deal uh, form and flow mm-hmm. and making it pencil. And and there's nothing wrong with that. I, I get why real estate developers keep to that. I mean, it's a very de-risked way of ensuring a project gets built, tenants get the building they need, and, and you know they go on to the next one, right? But I think incentives, what they do empower your architects, your engineers, or your design team, and even your construction team to do, is to have a little bit different conversation that's outside of that norm. So it's much more than bringing money to the table to projects that might not have penciled. It's opening up new conversations to maybe a different function being addressed in a building or addressing a little bit more of a a flexible space that will allow that building to have more of a life beyond Mm -hmm. just one single tenant. So I think it just opens up a little bit more of a better design, you know, conversation for the architects, engineers, and contractors. So we've been going through a pandemic. People think we're over. 
We're not, sadly. There's, it's continuing, and we've seen, as of the recording of this, we've seen some significant spikes again with a new variant popping up. Don't really know the impact of what all that means, but here we come through uh, two years plus now of this adventure and this tragedy, and I would think that we are more cognizant of greening things now than ever before, being closed up and isolated as we were. It seems like we want to be more conscious of our environments. You would think. I, I don't know. Am I wrong in that? I just I know how I feel. I want to be in places that that are bespoke wellness places where where I know the air is pure, where I know the lighting is non harmful, where I know the materials in the place are not you know going to create cancers or all these kind of thing. All leads to some of these incentives. Will we see a pickup in your prediction over the next couple of years as a result of this social phenomenon that's occurring or or what? What are, what are you thinking? Yeah, well, uh, how about I tell you what happened during the pandemic great, with incentives? Great. Yeah. So our database does monitor incentives across all 50 states. During that pandemic, let's take hospitality, hotels, for example. That was a great time while occupancy was down. That was a great time for them to renovate. And boy, did they light up our database with mostly focused on HVAC or anything that had to do with air quality, right? That was the time to address it. We also saw K-12 higher ed hospitals, private and public, they had to think about air quality in a totally different way, right? Um, other public uh, facilities, such as auditoriums or music venues, they also had to look at how to address air quality. So we saw an uptick in incentives. Yes, they might have been around energy-efficient HVAC or MEP systems. But it, what was these building was trying to do was to create funds to allow for also addressing air quality in their facilities because we didn't know what was going to come of that pandemic. So that was one uptick we saw in our database. And I think it's, again, spurred, okay, well, if these, if we're freeing up funds by making our buildings greener, right, reducing the energy costs and the water costs, where can those funds go to? And you have to look at, well, where do occupants, what, what do they want out of a building? And they do want a healthier building. So yes, I think that shift is happening right now. So when we talk about greening a building, what, what's encompassed in all of that? I mean, these words that we use that, that get lost in their extension, what, what do you mean by that, greening yeah. a building? Greening a building is addressing a few things. It, it, it kind of depends on the audience, right? So if we're talking... if if Incentifying is talking to a developer and we say greening the building, we're going to use words like, let's reduce your monthly operating expenditures for your energy, for your electric, water, and gas bills. That's going green. We tell them it's one and the same, right? If we're talking to a building owner that might be in a part of the country that's plagued by natural disasters, we might say, let's green your asset to make it more weather resistant or resilient, right? Because it's all one and the same. Um, if we're talking to perhaps a sustainability director, then we're going to talk about green as it pertains to better for the environment, right? So I think it really depends on who you're talking to. But what's great about greening real estate is it, 
it's the same for all of those things. It's good for the environment. It's healthy for the occupants. It reduces the monthly operating expenditure. Mm-hmm. It creates a higher value asset. So it means all of these things, but depending on who you're speaking to, right, you can hit directly at the heartstrings right of the persona. So it's really the, the power of the use of language, really, right. and your audience. So you've told us that there are b- 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 billions, billions of dollars <laughs> that the federal government has put in play and that is, I think, annually re-upped. You know, uh, the funds are taken down, they get re-upped. Tell us more about what that is. How long has that been around? Most people have no idea. I didn't until you and I talked several weeks ago. I was I was literally taken back by it. It is. Um, it's a pretty shocking figure. We have over half a million active incentives in our database and it continues to grow. We refresh our database every quarter, and it grows about 127%. So folks will always ask, where are these incentives coming from? A lot of incentives, it's not that they're just being created, just no one has ever tried to coalesce them all, Uh right? We have found incentives that were never going to sit on a website. They were actually sitting on a comptroller's desk as a PDF form, awaiting someone to, I guess, find it and leverage this sales tax incentive for rainwater harvesting, for example. So many of these incentives never lived online. Um, someone had to phone up an office, which is what our research team does. Mm -hmm. Someone had to make a phone call to the city of Houston and ask, well, are there any incentive programs you all want to pilot? We can certainly tell developers about it. And the city of Houston's response was, absolutely. We've been wanting to pilot stormwater uh, incentives for a while. So it's there's always been incentives. It's just never coalesced in a a searchable database. Right. So to date, if I was going to put a number on that, both, and I'm thinking what you're, you're saying incentives, this is federal federal, state, possibly county, municipality, it runs all the way down to different levels of which all of those levels are setting aside incentives independently and sometimes collaboratively with each other. What's the numbers look like on, and, and round numbers in the yeah. U.S.? Round numbers. So we've identified, yeah, almost uh, 526,000 something incentives, right? And again, that, that number we do anticipate to grow. Majority of them are on energy efficiency, yeah. mostly for, you know, indoor energy efficiency measures. But we are seeing a huge uptick in water conservation. Uh, if we think of, you know, a map of the United States quickly in our head and divide it in half and go west, you have a very drought prone part of the country. So water conservation incentives are on the rise. There's also uh, renewables, mostly in the built environment. It's going to be around solar incentives, on-site solar generation. Um, electric vehicles is, uh, and in charge stations, it's huge. It's a huge thing right now. We see it a lot in um, being applied to multifamilies, offices, hotels. So I think uh, those half a million incentives are worth about $70 billion each year. And we are trying to get them into the hands of property owners and developers and tenants. No, an incentive doesn't always mean, we're, here's, a, here's a fat check for you, right? So incentives come out in a few flavors. Tell us about what that means. I'd say the most common flavor of incentives that we deal with are called rebates. It's cash reimbursements when a property owner installs a qualified piece of equipment, uh, an energy efficient, you know, or water conserving water heater, chiller, HVAC, LED lighting is probably the most commonly installed piece of equipment. So I, so I put in a new water heater and it cost me, uh, 
Uh, is that just for the equipment, not for the labor? Correct. Okay, so let's say the piece of equipment, round numbers, was uh, $500. Right. And it qualified for an incentive. And I wrote the check or put it on my card to buy that, and then I hired a plumber to come in and install that. An incentive means that some portion of that $500 purchase, I may receive a rebate check back for. That's yes, what you're meaning. That's, okay, that's great. Right. Rebates are, um, and most incentives in general, they're going to be given post-installation of that qualified piece of equipment. So they're never given in advance. They're never uh, retroactive. So you can't claim an incentive years later after construction's completed. But no, you're spot on. It's If that water heater was $500 and you installed a qualified water heater with all the right, you know, components and labels, then you could expect, you know, I don't know, $100, $200 in a cash reimbursement mailed back to you typically by your utility company. So if I am a multi-family developer putting in a thousand apartments and you have incentives, I really did something, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's a big deal. So then the other side of this, are there often not, instead of a rebate, might there be tax incentives? Yeah, tax incentives. There's a wide variety of them. Majority of the incentives we see leverage are going to be property tax related okay. incentives. And those are going to address everything from community benefits, such as on my development, I'm going to put electric vehicle charge stations that are also available to the public, or I'm going to put a park that is accessible to the public as well. So you can see a lot of property tax incentives that are taken advantage okay. of when they address community benefits, or perhaps in the city of um, Houston, for example, uh, or Boston, if your property addresses uh, stormwater in any way, mitigates it, then there's also property tax incentives that are available for that, that property because you're helping the city to manage an issue that they've been plagued with for quite some time. What's the future of incentivizing? Where are you taking this company? You've done some wonderful things. I'm sure you did a proof of concept. You piloted it out. You put your toe in the water. You suddenly saw things are taking off. Now you have this massive database. You're operating across the United States. What's the next stage of this wonder company? Yeah, I think right now we want to, we've definitely made an impact in the United States. And we love the role that we're playing in incentive awareness in the U.S. I think we're going to continue to drive that impact beyond just commercial real estate. That's been majority of our impact. And we're going to look towards residential, single-family dwellings specifically. And then we're going to go to our northern neighbor, Canada. So I think that's probably where our next 24 months is going to be spent, is expanding into Canada, bringing incentive awareness, greening their real estate, both residential and commercial. So it's going to be some exciting times ahead. Very exciting. Diversifying and scaling. So when you're not doing incentivizing, what do you do for fun? What's your life? Oh, when I'm, that's a, that's a tough question for a founder just because <laughs> I'm on a plane all the time, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, no, I mean, for fun. So my hobbies are uh, soccer. I was a former soccer player. Yes. Uh, I love it. Women's soccer is when I can get to a game and Houston does have a team, they're called dash. I will be watching that. That is probably my favorite pastime. So yeah, we've got a world cup coming up uh, this summer. It's men's world cup. But um, usually when that happens, I will block time on my calendar just to make sure that I'm able to watch those games. Well, it's just been a pleasure having you with us here as a guest on This Is Design Intelligence. Thanks for doing this with us. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for joining us for this edition of This Is Design Intelligence. 
The producer is Laura Spells. The sound engineer is Jared Knabel. This has been a DI Media Group production.